The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. everyone and welcome. Yes, it's Monday morning. This is episode 108 of the Boys of Tech for Monday 21st of March 2011. Hosting the show, my name is Edwin Herman and I'm joined over Skype by Brett King. Welcome along. Hello. And how was your weekend? Uh, hasn't been too bad at all. Good, good. I just spent my weekend uh, building an ant farm. Building an ant farm? Yeah, I've got the... Generally, um, people... Spend their time building things to stop ants getting into their <laughs> houses, collecting and ants. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say my wife isn't all that keen. But uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, imagine that thing falling over and breaking. Ants oh yeah, everywhere. ants everywhere. No, not very nice at all. A new ant colony existing in your house, in your pantry. No, that would eating be... all of your <laughs> perishables. Well, that's why I got to make sure I, I build it uh, build it well. By the way, Cameron Colley isn't available this week, so it's just the two of us. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Just before we start the show, he drew my attention to a very, very funny auction on eBay, which has kind of gone viral now. Did you see that one as well? Did he send that to you? Yes, yes. You're talking about the one for the second-hand wetsuit. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, on um, eBay in UK. <laughs> it is another brilliant way that they, something small and sort of insignificant on the internet has just blown out of proportion. But in this case, oddly, it has blown out of proportion in such a good way. It started off with a, what, a very funny description, right? For A, for a very funny, suit. very tongue-in-cheek description of the wetsuit that was put up for sale by a surfer, obviously, in the UK. And yeah, it, it just kind of got a life of its own. The The description was quite funny and more people got to look at it and more and more people got to look at it and it got passed around all these places. And it suddenly turned from being an auction of this guy's secondhand wetsuit into a big charity auction because all of these different companies and things involved with surfing and the lifestyle and that sort of thing and the, the makers of this particular brand of wetsuit, XL, they've all jumped on board of this auction and the guy who was running it said that he would give 90% of the auction away to the Red Cross to support their Japan, uh, their efforts in Japan. And yeah, ever since it became that, just more and more of these companies have been offering stuff to this auction. Hmm, so so they've been throwing in free auction. things. To, yeah, to, 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 tons of free to things. Off, we're, talking, we're talking extra, uh, you know, a brand new wetsuit to go along with the secondhand wetsuit, the accessory parts of a wetsuit, you know, booties, gloves, the, the hood, a bag to carry it in. And this is just from the company who makes that particular brand of wetsuit. But then there are other ones who do peripheral things like magazine subscriptions for surfing magazines, surfboards themselves, photography, surf photography, so you can get photos taken while you're surfing, printing of those pictures onto big canvases. All these different things are being thrown on. And it's just currently 
When he first set it up, he was hoping to get about 20 pounds for his secondhand wetsuit or more. Now the huge charity auction, which he's now going to be giving away more than 90% of the proceeds to charity, to the Red Cross, is current bid is, I think, 12,500 pounds. 12,500 British pounds sterling. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So this has got to be, though, this is, I think, the funniest description in an auction I've ever read. It is the funniest description in an auction I've ever read as well. It's brilliant. <laughs> it does seem like he might, you know, it does sound like he might have been a little drunk when he was writing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just oh, it's, like you, one of those amazing ways that something that was just tiny and insignificant to start with on the internet just got a life of its own. The internet made it grow. And in this particular instance, it made it grow in such a good way. So let's tell our readers how to find the auction. If you go to ebay.com, type in the ID number 16055921666. So that number again, 16055921667. So check that out because it is really funny. And as you said, Brad, it's now, it's not just the wetsuit. It's turned into this sort of, it's a runaway auction now, if you like. It is. It is a, a runaway charity auction. There are so many things as part of this auction package now. It's but the, hu- the humour just makes it. So yeah. look, I tell you what, if Cameron, if you're listening to, to, I don't know, does Cameron listen to our own podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Well, if Cameron, if you are, if you are listening, he probably is because he's away and he's wanting to know what he's missed out on. He might be listening live. Uh, if you're listening, Cameron, thank you very much for sending that to me because uh, it's fantastic and it's good to mention it on the show. So let's kick off the stories for this week. I want to talk about the move that Visa is making on personal fund transfers. So what they're doing is they're enabling a way for two people to transfer money between each other via their Visa account. So let's say, for example, I sell you something. I don't know. I sell you a a CD. You can pay me using Visa's new system when it comes online. You'll be able to pay me using your credit card. So it's kind of like if I'm accepting credit cards. I mean, I'm not, but you're using your Visa card to pay me. But I'm not using my Visa card to pay you. I'm using my Visa card to pay your Visa card. Well, yeah, but effectively it's the same. It's it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's kind of the same. Because when the bill comes through, there's just going to be that much less. It's like an old way of doing it. Yeah, well, it just means... This money doesn't come into my account. It goes to my Visa credit card. So technically you're you're kind of paying off my credit card. Yeah, but you're going to have to pay the credit card off anyway. So it just means that that $5 for the CD that I sold you doesn't have to be paid off. You know, there's $5 less that I need to pay off the bill when it comes through. So it's, it's kind of the same thing, really. Kind of, but not exactly. I'll tell you what I like about it, though. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Depending, but unless, yeah. you know, it may come via my Visa account directly into my bank account instead of staying on my Visa credit card. Well, this thing's Who knows due, how it's going to uh, Yeah, because it's not due for another few months. Exactly. And, uh, and details be... are quite light on the exact how it's going to work, but it is kind of a direct threat to the online payment Goliath out there, PayPal. But yeah, then it's but already got a couple of other services that are offering online payments, which do it in pretty good ways as well. So that market is starting to, to open up. There are alternatives to PayPal. Well, the thing that's nice about Visa is that people do tend to trust Visa. PayPal, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with PayPal, but it, it you know it's kind of third party. It's not a bank. Yep. yep. So there's always, there's always been that risk. I must admit- There's no though, illegal- Legal Goliath behind it, sort of thing. Well, the thing is, ever since it got sold to eBay, I actually have, I guess, respected it a little bit more. When it was just PayPal, its own sort of thing, 
I kind of felt a bit. Yeah. yeah. You're like handing over details or handing over cash to some guys in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But now that it's eBay, I feel. But now that eBay owns it, then it does have some muscle behind it. Yeah, exactly. It's just not a, you know, respected, well-known financial institution such as Visa. No, and that's the edge that Visa does have. And and also everyone, well, no, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people have credit cards already Mm-hmm. And it just makes it nice. And it, like, you know, so many times you buy something on an online auction and it'd be so nice if you could pay that person by credit card. But unless they're a business, right now you can't do it. So yeah, exactly. when, when this service comes online, uh, second half of this year, that's what it will allow you to do. Yeah, yeah. Now, by the way, speaking of PayPal, if you'd like to make a donation to the show, we've now added a donation button on the Boys of Tech website, boysoftech.com. So if you'd like to make us a donation, however big or small, you can choose. You can give us 20 cents if, you're, if you like. But if you, if you want to give us $20, I mean, that'd be even nicer. So, well, indeed, that's several cheeseburgers. <laughs> or, you know, upkeep of the, the, the webcast and podcast. Yeah, there are quite a few expenses in producing the show, so any donations are much appreciated. Now, Brett, Google launching a social network. Have you heard that rumor? I have, and it seems ridiculous to me. It, well, they've tried once. They've tried once. Google they, Wave. They, Google Wave, and it died a horrible death. But then, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't deservedly that suggest, so. <laughs> but wouldn't that suggest that maybe they're having a second go and they're going to do it properly this time? But how would you do it properly? That's the thing. It's like we have. You make it like Facebook. Yeah, well, it's kind of difficult because the point of a social network is that all, a social networking site, the power of it is that all of the people. Yeah, it's know, a critical mass. Connected to that, connected to that device. Absolutely. Having multiple social networks is ridiculous because nobody's going to connect. If you connect to one and your friends are on a different one, well, well what's the point? What's going to keep you on the one that you're on when all of your friends that you actually want to connect with are on a different one? What's going to pull you to a new one? It's like MySpace used to be the behemoth. Then Facebook came along, but MySpace did it really badly. Facebook did it really well. And so they got away with it. Yeah. They took all of MySpace's people and MySpace became a left as a kind no of- space. Yeah. A desert that decided to focus purely on music and musicians and musical talent and that sort of angle. Whereas everything else went to Facebook. People who just want to get together and chat or just find each other and friend and pass on all the other stuff, they went to Facebook. So you're skeptical about this. Google to try and come into that, I don't see how they're going to do it unless- They've got some absolutely mind-blowingly amazing edge which pulls people away from Facebook. So you're sceptical about this. And in fact, Google's on your side because Google have denied it. They said, we have no idea what you're talking about. There is no such thing. It's bizarre. It seems so bizarre to me that people are critical of Google because they're like going, Google is not in this area. Google are in all of these other areas and aspects of the internet, but they have not gone into social networking. Why is that? It's it's a detriment to Google not to be in the social networking space. No, it's not. There is a Goliath in that social networking space already. And it's one of those spaces, one of those things, which having competition while being kind of beneficial really isn't going to be beneficial to the community as a whole. Yeah, but hang on a sec. If if they can muscle in on this, it's advertising. Social networks are the place to advertise, and Google is an advertising company, as we we know that. So yeah, but the, as I perfect. said, to pull people away from Facebook now, to pull people away yeah, from I mean, Facebook, half a billion people. Offer, yeah, it has to offer something so amazingly, drastically, mind-blowingly brilliant that people are going to go to it. 
but and you don't think they can do that. You can't. You, they they can't pull that off, is what you're saying. Uh, well, they might. Google has pulled some amazing stuff out of thin air before, but recently it has not pulled out anything that is groundbreaking. It's rumored I think to be the co- last thing it pulled out, which <laughs> changed the way people did stuff, was Gmail. Really. Everybody had to have a Gmail account because what it offered for Gmail was just so massively different to all of the other online email places out there that Gmail just kind of pulled people to it. And that's what Facebook did when Facebook came in against MySpace. It just had something so drastically better than MySpace that it pulled the people to it and pulled people from Bebo and all of the other ones which existed around the place back then. <laughs> Google's rumoured social network that's supposed to come online in May is apparently to be called Google Circles. But, of course, that could be just a rumour. It could. <laughs> so it's probably nothing. Or it could be something that is actually something they might launch in May, and then we will see whether or not it is drastically good enough to pull people away from Facebook. Enough people. It's not like there aren't other social networking sites out there, but they are all small niches Nothing that has the general popularity of Facebook, even though Facebook does things, you know, some things incredibly badly, (laughs) like educating its users about privacy and educating its users how to create events. Well, did you see the the latest one about this teenager in Australia? She's having a 16th birthday party. Oh, another one? (laughs) And everyone got the, well, everyone was able to see the invite. So now 200,000 people said they were going to go. It was just on the weekend just been. Yeah. Oh well, well, it was. Yeah. She, she, didn't know how to, she didn't know how to set the. She didn't the know privacy. how to set up proper privacy on it, but also she made it open. And when she did lock it down and got rid of it, somebody created a fake one. Created. Yeah. A, well, that wasn't smart, one, was it? Which was uh, t- posting the things, but yeah, she did do incredibly badly by putting her actual mobile number and her actual address on this invite, which she made public because she didn't know how to make the settings right. So we've talked about this to death on previous episodes where teens have done stupid things like putting party invitations on there and, and making it public, blown out of proportion and the police have gotten involved in that sort of thing. This particular teen has since completely pulled her Facebook account. She doesn't go on Facebook at all anymore. Well, she's really she, scared now. She is quite scared. She called scared, the police. Just, she said she's yep. frightened. She wants to... It's because she got all of these phone calls and phone calls to her cell phone because she was stupid enough to put her mobile number on the event. And she's gotten calls on her landline because she was stupid enough to put her address on the event. And people looked up the home phone number from the address. So through doing stupid things online, she has yeah opened herself up to now become quite scared because of all of the stupid people on the internet who buy into these things as a piece of, you know, a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke. Well, I think uh, it was really stupid, whoever put that fake one on. Or whoever put you the fake I mean, that was just irresponsible. banned from Facebook. Yeah, should I mean, be banned that was, from the internet uh, for well, being yeah, completely... I mean, that was irresponsible. ...and irresponsible and quite mean-hearted. These things have real-world effects on people, and that's what people on the internet just don't. Some people on the internet just don't get that connect of I'm doing something anonymously on the internet to somebody else anonymously on the internet. It's like no, you're not. You're affecting somebody directly, just through the anonymous medium of the internet. So yeah, don't do it. Well, I can just about guarantee you she will never, ever, ever do that again. 
Well, indeed. When you, when you learn the hard way, up, you do it once only. It does bring up an interesting thing, and that is the changing face of the social environment created by the internet environment. Back in the 80s, when we started to have Stranger Danger and all that sort of stuff was really getting out there, and it was incorporated into teaching plans and stuff at school where you taught kids to be wary of strangers, and parents taught kids to be wary of strangers. This is because of the changing landscape of the social environment that the internet has brought in. Perhaps education institutions and parents should be thinking more about not just educating their children to be wary of strangers in the public, but to be wary of strangers and privacy of their own information on the internet as well. This should be something taught in primary schools and that. When, you, when you're teaching stranger danger, when you're teaching other sorts of education, you should be teaching how to be secure in your Facebook account, how to be secure when you're using email, all of these correct ways to protect your privacy and protect yourself online. Yeah, I think you've made a really good point. That's never really pushed hard enough. It never is. It always falls by the wayside and we end up seeing ambulances at the bottom of the cliff. Exactly. This is something that should be taught to students in primary school or possibly earlier start to bring it in because the number of kids who go online and have the unsupervised online time when they're before primary school age, yeah, it should be drummed into them in the educational environment that this is the appropriate way to protect yourself online. As you say, it's a changing landscape. And by the way, speaking of changing landscapes, what about this? Netflix buying the broadcast rights to David Fincher and Kevin Spacey's new political series, House of Cards. I know. It's another of this, the way the internet is changing a traditional environment. Previously, over-air broadcasters or cable networks would be buying up these series to broadcast them out. This is the first instance of an internet-based entity purchasing the the broadcast rights to a not-even-created program yet so that they will stream it live first and maintain the rights to it to begin with on their internet streaming service only before they sell off syndication rights to other networks. It's well, I mean, Netflix are big boys now. Your Netflix are big boys. They, you know, Once again, in this they, example, they are big boys, but they, us little old people down here in the Southern Hemisphere are going to miss out on this. And it's going to take a lot longer before we get to see this sort of thing. Oh, because we don't have Netflix. We don't have Netflix. And a lot of these online streaming sites don't stream. They, I think, Perhaps they maintain the old zoning system where you're not in America, so we're not going to stream it to you, even though the internet is global and we're offering this on the internet. Yeah, well, it was the same as the BBC iPlayer. You can only see that in Britain. Exactly. All the content on the iPlayer. uh, Like Hulu and Vivo, they both have stuff which they won't broadcast to non-US IPs. So, Yeah, but that's all to do with with royalties and and licensing and so on. It's royalties and licensing. That, stuff and taxing and all of that sort of thing for pay for, for pay for services. I get that for pay for subscription stuff, but stuff that is streamed free over the internet. Why is it streamed free only in certain countries? Yeah, but if they've bought rights, I mean, they buy rights for that country. Yeah, it just seems odd and stupid. Because the if they want to buy rights for other countries, then they have to go to. It just seems. Uh, I'm not sure how, in how it works for internet age. Yeah, I, I know. What, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I, I know for like music, for example, every country has has its own organisation that collects royalties on behalf of the the music makers. Yeah. And so you have to negotiate with with each of those, which is why online download stores like iTunes and the rest of them take so long to go global because they have to yep. individually negotiate with all these different 
uh, and groups. it's hilarious. Speaking of iTunes, for instance, you know, you can purchase books through iTunes, through the iBook, the iBook player, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. iTunes. But if you purchase, you know, you, you get iBook and it's free app from Apple. But in New Zealand, they're just not offered for sale through the New Zealand iTunes store, the variety that you would get in America and UK. It's annoying. Yeah, I, the I internet, agree. It's global. Why do we have to be second class citizens? Exactly. Now, another road sign has been hacked, and I love oh. this one. <laughs> There's an electronic road sign that, that read detour, which, you know, is something fairly typical. Yep. And someone hacked it and changed it to say poop, and then a smiley face with lol, as in laughs out loud. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I like it. it it's funny. It is funny. The, it just shows you that. When you put a piece of electronic equipment in the hands of people who don't do electronic equipment, it will end up with its default settings that allow anybody to pop along and hack it. Yeah, I'm not sure how these were hacked, whether they, this is a sort of a high-tech hack or if it's just, like you say, I mean... I think it's probably a low-tech hack where the control panel, which allows you to punch in what is displayed on the thing, is possibly an unlocked box on the side of the device you know, Possibly it'll be wireless? just secured by a screw and you open it. Ah, this thing will be, you open up the box and you punch in the numbers to make the, the thing. Just like those LED signs that you can buy to put in your car or put in your shop front window. Oh, where yeah. Where it's just got yeah. a little control panel and you just push the buttons. Well, some of them connect by an RS-232 port. Well, yeah. That would be slightly more sophisticated, but I, I reckon most of these will be one where the control to change the sign is on it. This one, Unsecured, possibly the, secured by screws instead of a lock or anything like that. Yeah, you may well be right. This this latest one was downtown Houston. So if you've been driving around downtown Houston this week, uh, you may well have seen that road sign because they don't normally say poop and lol. No, not normally. Not normally. Unless, of course, <laughs> the sign is to direct you to go around a massive pile of poop. <laughs> and then it might say poop. Then it might. Poop ahead. <laughs> well, you Poop never know. And, and if you effluent truck or something, I don't know. Indeed. <laughs> An effluent truck jackknifed in Houston. Now, do you remember the little Poop Steve Jobs? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the Steve Jobs action figure? I remember the short-lived Steve Jobs yes, action figure. Yes, that's right. It was pulled. There's now apparently one for Mark Zuckerberg. Same sort of thing. Indeed, but the company who makes it has not gone the same path that got them in trouble the last time. They have not called it the Mr. Zuckerberg or the Mark Zuckerberg doll. It is called the Poking Inventor doll. So they've called it the what? They've called it the Poking Inventor doll. The poking so instead of using Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> name, which is why they got in trouble with the other one, They've just called it the Poking Inventor Doll. But you but can tell it's, it's Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah, it's obviously And it's Mark got a Facebook it's got logo. And it's, face. And he's it's got he's holding hair. a like, thumbs up, a thumbs up icon with the word like, you know, the, the button. Indeed, the but you button. can change it. You can change that from like to poke. He's got several different options. Oh, are there? Yeah. Now, that has some appeal. It's obviously Zuckerberg. It's got his silly slip-on shoes, his pants, his, you know, the eponymous black hoodie. It's... Very much. Oh yeah, it's, it's <laughs> very, it is, you can tell. You can tell. They've got away. <laughs> they've called it the poking inventor. So, <laughs> so how much do they retail for? Seventy dollars, I think. Seventy yep. US. It's about seventy US. Very well crafted, I have to say. They do look really good. That's brilliant craftsmanship. Are you going to get one? Nah, too gimmicky. And for, you wouldn't spend seventy US dollars on something as gimmicky as that, would you? 
Well, precisely. Well, some people must, but I mean, you'd have well, to yeah, be. Yeah. I don't know. Well, what would you have to be? A, 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 a fanboy or a, a what? A fanboy or an admirer of finely crafted action figures of internet celebrities. And you have to be fairly <laughs> well off to just fork out 70 US dollars on something that really doesn't do a lot, but just. Is in some way kind of cool in mm. a bizarre sort of way. It is, yeah. All right, well, Brett, that's all that happened so this week. We're expecting They're... to have an Ed. Oh, <laughs> a boys of tech. Oh, that would be funny. Wouldn't it be really funny if that if one turned up? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to think about that. Brett, well, there, we, there aren't we, enough we, likenesses of you out there for them to <laughs> get a good one. <laughs> yeah, well, they have to. Yeah, exactly. They have to find me first. Brett, we are going to close this part of the show, and we're going to take a short musical interlude. And when we come back, we'll look at the New Zealand story for this week. Don't go away. Welcome back. Now, here in New Zealand, Dick Smith Electronics, also known as DSE these days, is now axed Vodafone. It is no longer selling any Vodafone products. It's the changing environment of the prepay market. Ever since Two Degrees has come on board, and it is heavily prepay, that's what they've been pushing, it's eaten into Vodafone and Telecom's share of the prepay market. And... Obviously, with Vodafone's change in the way that it's got its retail environment, their negotiations with Dick Smith obviously didn't go quite so well. So Dick Smith has dropped them. They're still doing telecom in two degrees then? Yes, they're still doing telecom in two degrees. But, but even that environment Vodafone, is still yeah. changing because telecom are closing several of their stores, several of their own retail, telecom-branded retail well, that's stores. that's interesting. And they are changing the other ones to focus less on their mobile market and their prepay market and more on selling the total telecom environments like our home packages and all that sort of stuff. That's what they're doing with those. And Vodafone last year purchased First Mobile, which was its... It's stealing it, largest, yeah, one it's, of the largest it's one of the largest... Mm dealer networks of mobile of Vodafone phones and so Vodafone now owns all of those and I didn't realise they own it now so when did that take yeah. was that last year yeah it was last year wow yeah it's, it's certainly a, a changing landscape there well yeah and two degrees are opening up two degrees retail stores are they opening up retail stores yeah they hope to oh, have 50 open at the end of this year They've wow already opened that, that's up. a big change yeah, That's a so the market very big is change. drastically changing in that prepay market, and it's obviously it's got to eat into somebody's, and it's been eating into Vodafone and Telecom, though Telecom's prepay share has actually increased since it's it dropped and then started to go back up, and it's really eaten into Vodafone's. What are you on? I'm on Vodafone. And you're happy with Vodafone? I'm perfectly happy with Vodafone at the moment, but I'm not on prepay. Uh, you're on a oh okay on a I'm on a plan. Oh, you well, this is your iPhone. You have a smartphone. You're, yeah, your, your iPhone full price for, for a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to pay full price for an iPhone. I could be on whoever I wanted to be. Yeah. But I yeah I didn't want to pay full price for an iPhone. Yeah, that's didn't what I want to pay well, for an iPhone. The, yeah, well, <laughs> that's where the plan is so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I know we we heard about that, didn't we? Indeed, I do like it. I have to say, I really do like the iPhone what it does and the screen the screen is just yeah drool worthy if only every 
screen was like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make a difference. You don't. The, the, the it, pixel something... resolution is just divine. Imagine a an R graphics artist with a full wide screen, thirty two inch display. Oh, which now that would be Retina display. It yeah. would be so stunning and so so expensive. And <laughs> not impossible to get the current supply shortages because of the you know the current disasters going on around the place. Yeah, the, the the earthquake in Japan and silicon the earthquake tsunami in Japan has silicon put a cars. huge, huge yeah. dent, you know, into the, the the silicon production. Cars, iPad two parts have been delayed. Oh, really? Is that right? I squeezed because of the the earthquake and tsunami. But I mean, tsunami. that's again, that's temporary, and I mean, it might be for the next I don't know year or so, maybe maybe a little lo- longer. Yeah. But you know, it'll it'll pick up again. It'll come back. Oh, to it'll normal. always pick up again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brett, that's all we wanted to cover this week, I think. Was there anything else you wanted to raise? There has been something you might not have noticed. The hack in RSA, the producers of the Secure ID tokens. Oh, okay. So the the company that that develops that? Yeah, the company that develops the Secure ID tokens has been hacked and something has been, yeah, they've been breached. It's been quite embarrassing. And there's lots of speculation out there as to what was pilfered, if anything. RSA themselves have been not very forthcoming into what it is that was pinched, but it could have been all kinds of things. And But they've they've come out with a statement saying that it won't significantly affect the two-factor authentication through their security tokens. But yeah, who knows? We'll have to see what comes along because it, it has a lot. There are tremendous re- repercussions depending on what was pilfered from the RSA breach because a lot of places use the secure ID tokens for two-factor authentication. And if something that diminishes the protection of those two-factor of those tokens would significantly impact a lot of things on the internet. A lot of banks use secure tokens for two-factor authentication. They've issued them out to their customers. A lot of online games use tokens for authentication. And anything that weakens the protection of those has some significant repercussions. But you're saying RSA security are playing it down. They're, they're saying it's no, there's nothing to be concerned about. Well, they've said that it was an extremely sophisticated attack that was used to get in there and that they have made off with confidential data on RSA secure IT products. But they've not said that it's, you know, has a major implication on the security of those devices. So they've, they've said specifically, I'll, I'll read their quote, they've said that they are confident that the information extracted does not enable a successful direct attack on any of our RSA Secure ID customers. A direct I'll, attack. Mm. Mm. However, they, did, they then warned that the information could potentially be used to reduce the effectiveness of a current two-factor authentication implement, implementation as part of a broader attack. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it's left people wondering what exactly is the information that has been taken. I didn't realise until now that RSA Security is actually a division of EMC. Yeah. All right, Brett, that's pretty much it then. The Boys of Tech episode 108 is wrapped up. Excellent. So, Brett, thank you very much for co-hosting the show with me. Always a pleasure, Ed. And that's it for this week, so do join us again next week. Until then, thank you, everyone, and goodbye. Bye-bye.
It's like people think the anonymity of the internet allows them to be stupid, annoying bullies. Really? <laughs> I, was, I was wondering what word you're going to use because well, we don't have to use explicit ra- language. through my ba- brain for <laughs> PG <laughs> rating. Yeah, PG content. Choose your adjectives <laughs> carefully. Couldn't get, right. <laughs> couldn't get something which really gives across the correct thing. Ever since Two well, Degrees came along, it's been really biting into the, you know, the, what is it called? Pay. Prepay. Prepay, that's it. It's going, I used to be on that, but it's been such a long time. Such a difficult word. Last week it was the word doubt you got stuck on. This week it's the word prepay. Yeah, yeah. It's like such <laughs> tiny words, Brett, you know? I mean, you can at least get hung up on something really complicated and obscure. Like onomatopoeia. Yeah, that. Which I do know what it means. It means a word that sounds like it is. Exactly, like splash. Yeah, because it goes splash. And yep. vroom, because it goes vroom. Vroom. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. back to the show.